2: Ask the questions. Go in more than once before going on the operating room table. I personally see patients at least twice and ideally three to four times before going to surgery. Um, Some people find it sufficient to go just once. Um, It's
1: awfully scary to go just once. I think all those things that you said are really, really smart advice um, for everybody to take into consideration.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is a great segue into the next question, which <laughs> yes, is... Yes, ma'am. <laughs> tell us about your approach to plastic surgery, the <laughs> holistic approach.
2: Okay. So <laughs> I don't want to confuse anybody. I completely made up the term holistic plastic surgery. Uh, is, I, I made it up. Um, it, it's the truth. I totally made it up. You and, it. and I made it up years ago. It is interesting, though. I, I noticed that there are a few people on social media who now... Say uh-huh. that they are holistic plastic surgeons. So listen, I'm not upset about that. Um, I think, you know, <laughs> I'm fine. I think flattery. I, you know, I think you know. Yes. Yeah, copying someone or whatever, borrowing okay. someone flattery. is is flattering. Um, so I'm not necessarily upset about that. But you know, just to be, you know, truthful, I coined the term holistic plastic surgeon many years ago, because it evolved from my desire to embrace a more total body, inner and outer approach to achieving an outcome. And I I just do it through the language of beauty. It's um, my core values to to look at things holistically, to take many perspectives into consideration as part of my culture, to go to the root cause of an issue rather than just sort of put a band-aid on a symptom. Um, and so while I may operate on one part of the body, I very much understand that the whole of the person experiences the surgery and all of the dimensions of wellness, ideally, you know, it's difficult to achieve, but all of the dimensions of wellness must be intact for optimal, for optimal healing. And when, and that whole concept of dimensions of wellness has become very important for me because it really serves as one of the foundations for my practice of, you know, quote unquote, holistic plastic surgery. Um, and, and those dimensions are there. I think there are eight of eight or nine of them. If I, yeah, probably nine. Um, and it's how are you doing in terms of wellness physically, um, intellectually, are you growing? Are you maintaining curiosity and in, like engaging in lifelong learning emotionally? Um, Do you understand and respect your feelings and values? And do you appreciate the feelings of others socially? Because it really is important to maintain healthy social relationships because that's part of age management. That's how one of the ways that you age well and gracefully, maintaining your friendships and intimate relations and contributing to your community. Um, The fifth dimension, spiritually, do you have a purpose? Do you have values? Do you ascribe meaning to your life? Um, what else? Uh, dimension, Another dimension, vo- vocational or occupational. Um, do you participate in work that gives you a sense of satisfaction? Here's a big one, financial uh, wellness. Uh, that, that's a big one. Are you managing your resources to live within your means? And if you're not living within your means, do you have a plan B or a backup plan? <laughs> right. You know, now the eighth one would be environmental. Right? Do you understand Um how your environments affect your health and well-being when you're going into an office, how are the fluorescent lights affecting you? How's the ventilation affecting you? Um, the people you surround yourself with. And I think, I think there's one more. Creative, yes, creative wellness. Um, do you actively participate in, in the arts or cultural experiences and, and not necessarily as vacation, right. but as a way to understand the world, yourself, your place in it and other people? So I think that when I started thinking about who I am and what is it, what could I offer, you know, by becoming a plastic surgeon, what could I offer by opening a practice? Yes. You know, do injectables. Well, yes. You know, operate my ass off and, you know, get awesome results, but what is it that is going to make me feel help me to feel fulfilled and really deliver something beautiful. And that's going to help people not just with a physical result, and that's when I thought about it and I turned, I used, I coined the term holistic plastic surgery because it's not just about, you know, the outside of the person, it's really about the whole person. And the tagline that goes with it is person before procedure. So mm-hmm. it's all about the person, not just the procedure.
1: And so when you're with these potential uh, patients and everything, do you you ask them a series of questions? Oh, of? my gosh,
2: yes. That initial consultation is can be up to two hours long, and I've got, I mean, I engage in full-on conversations, and I ask a lot of questions. I go deep. I go in.
0: <laughs> Many people are not, you
2: know, um, no, but honestly, some people are not receptive to it, and that's fine. Well, that's
1: uh, so, true, but, you know, we have right. horror stories about if you already have a lot of, problems in your life and you think plastic surgery is going to help you know it it doesn't and it can you know it's so serious so I think this is brilliant so it's person before procedure yep holistic
2: plastic surgery person before procedure that's my whole timeline I love it Mm. thank you I love it too it really and when I say it you know when I say it it resonates deeply so that's my truth Um, And it was risky, right? Because I think it's confusing for people, frankly, the holistic plastic surgery. What is that? You got, you got herbs on your scalpel. Right. Crystals. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I do have crystals in my office, but um, no, it it, it isn't really just about that. It's it's a philosophy. And when someone is in front of me in my office, I explain it. We we go all in and,
1: and hopefully they're on board. I think probably in the beginning, some people aren't used to anybody spending so much time with. It's kind of like when I sit down with with women and talk to them about um, a lot of things about their life. And they, at first, they're maybe a little bit like, well, I really just want you to work in the closet or whatever it is. But (laughs) when you start talking about it, they start to remember themselves. And also before you make a decision that can be life-changing as far as plastic surgery, um, all of those things that you mentioned that i think that's brilliant i really thank you well that's
2: similar to you that the root of why you love what you do and at the root of why i love plastic surgery and what i do is because i love people right and it's the same for you i presume so if you love people why not take an opportunity when they're coming to you fully you know vulnerable and coming to you and telling you about their issues coming to you with this tender vulnerability and why would you just not embrace that and be like i'm here for you sister i got you
0: exactly that's exactly the way i feel i know we love your pillars we're very much in line with your holistic approach thank you What is your concept of beauty? So what is beautiful, being beautiful mean to you? This is obviously the concept of your podcast, but to share on this podcast.
2: (laughs) So beauty for me, it's a big word. And, you know, sometimes I, when I'm writing, whether it's the blog or the content for my podcast and the word beauty comes up and I want to use it, I actually have to take a pause and think to myself, Oh boy, beauty. I've used that so many times. Everybody uses it so many times. It seems diluted. What's another word? Right. I can't really think of another word that seems to encompass the, this essence of beautiful. So for me, beauty really does encompass living and expressing the highest version of yourself. And I'm not going to define and that by saying you know it's a certain um, hair color or a certain eye shape or certain ratios you know in the thirds or the fifths right. of the face <laughs> um, I think that's different for everyone as it should be Right. but I think what's beautiful is that right. when you present yourself and put yourself out there in your truth and you are self loved and self approved and joyful that, that's Damn, that's like untouchable. That's fabulous. That's beautiful. That is, that's just beautiful. So if there's any way that I can help people to achieve that or, um, become more comfortable with that or to empower them, with right, expressing their highest, best version of themselves, whether or not that's, you know, recommending a skin cream or, you know, lifting breasts or surgically contouring their hips, I'm all about it, no judgment. Let's do it together, let's do it holistically, let's do it safely, let's do it fabulously, and go out and conquer the world.
1: Yes, I love that so much. <laughs> Thank
0: you. you know we need to be partners we here. We just say this, say this all
1: the time, go out and you know, you've got this, everything you're saying, I, I, it's, it's our language too.
0: There you go, sisters in sass. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> What is it that you like best about working as a plastic surgeon? And you might feel like you've already said it.
2: Yeah, I think I touched upon it. It's probably meeting people and helping them to express their best versions of themselves. And I, you know, I don't know everything, but what I do know is that I can do that, help people to express their best version of themselves through the platform of, you know, platforms of beauty and wellness. Right. That's what I know how to do.
0: Mm. And then when you're talking to people or when you see people, do you catch yourself thinking like little tweaks that you like to make?
2: I will be honest. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, you know, I when I first meet someone, that is not the first thing that I do. I look directly right. into someone's eyes um, because I value I value that connection, that, you know, visual. Right. You know, deep soul connection. If it's there, if it's possible, if, if not, it's that's fine, too. So I look directly into someone's eyes and I really converse with them. And the deeper conversation I get into with someone, it's almost as if their faces, their face morphs. And I don't really see a face. I see a a person. I hear the words and I really try to be a global listener. Um, When I sort of am not that deep into conversation and I'm looking into their eyes, but I'm focusing on other parts of their face. then yes, I will say, you know, to myself, huh, I can help that. Or right. well, that's interesting. This would, you know, I, I wish I could help, you know, him get yep. rid of that hyperpigmentation. So yes, I, I'm trained that way. It's a part of my brain that <laughs> I have to actively turn off, but it's it's on. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's off and on.
0: Pre corona walk us yes. through a day in the life.
2: oh boy pre-coronavirus i was busy (laughs) oh my god it's such a funny thing because there were days when i thought to myself oh my gosh i just have no time and post-corona boy did i get some time right um let's see pre-corona okay wake up so it depends uh or days non-or days Mm. or days i'd be up at 5, 5:30, get to the operating room, um, do you know, speak with the patient, make sure the paperwork's correct, do my markings, you know, start start operating anywhere depending on the, the time that I received, 7:30, 9 o'clock, whatever. Um, busy day, busy day, three operations a day, not so busy day, one operation a day after the operation, obviously take care of the patient, make sure the patient is well, follow up on the patient, go to the recovery room, um, and make sure they're awake, alert, not in pain, not nauseated, feeling comfortable, looking great, bandages are dry, I mean, a whole checklist of, of things. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, I would leave the hospital, depending on whatever time I finish the last case, leave the hospital, of the time, go back to my office regardless of what time it was 5 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, uh, midnight and um, go back to my office and make sure all my paperwork was intact, transfer any papers, uh, paperwork from the hospital to the patient's chart, um, follow up on any emails, messages, and then go home and get a good night's sleep. Wake up the next morning, and first thing I would do professionally is go back to the hospital to check on the patients if they were still there and not discharged. That's sort of an average operative day. A non-operative day would involve me getting to the office 8.30, 9 a.m., uh, seeing patients all day, and most of my appointments are procedure-based. So I would have some consultations, but most of the day would be involved with my performing injectables or chemical peels, um, removing um, moles or skin tags or skin lesions, um, sewing earlobes together when they were split, um, performing uh, cellulite management procedures, etc. And I would probably end my day around 6.30, 7-ish and make sure all my paperwork was intact (laughs) and then follow up on it emails that I didn't get to throughout the day and phone calls, maybe uh, send in prescriptions, etc. look at the next day's schedule, and then go home, have dinner, play with my dogs, chat with my husband, catch up, Mm -hmm. go to bed. Mm -hmm. I I try to get to bed by 1030, but often it was probably 1130 midnight. Mm -hmm. You're
0: a busy girl. I know. And winding down from all. Yeah. Winding down and decompressing.
2: But post corona, <laughs> as of, well as of late recently, uh, only recently, a, a couple of weeks ago, have um, elective operations uh, yeah. been allowed at the hospital. So I'll be resuming that. As a matter of fact, I think I have two operations on the 31st.
0: Um,
2: and then prior, but prior to a couple of weeks ago and allowing operative surgery. I, my, my practice was practice was pretty much shut down. I, I did reopen my office on June 15th, and now I'm, you know, seeing patients in the new paradigm. I've had to institute um, some changes. I always had a practice that I called high touch, so I I didn't like keeping people waiting in a waiting room. So I would schedule enough time, more time than I actually needed, so that I could try to guarantee that patients would come in at a certain time, you know, be done with at a certain time, take my time, take our time, and then feel comfortable leaving, but still allowing enough time to sort of transition to the next patient and not have the next patient waiting. So I had to expand upon that now to be able to thoroughly disinfect and, um, you know, infection control, all that stuff between each patient, before and after each patient. So now, you know, I can't see 20 patients a day. Now it has to be reduced because of that time.
0: Mm. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm sure all your patients greatly appreciate that. That is incredible that you do that.
2: Well, we, you know, CDC guidelines, Department of Health, we all have to for sure. And, And as physicians, especially as plastic surgeons, we we did it before. So it isn't right. a huge change, but definitely we've all augmented our practices for sure.
0: Right. But also before they would have really appreciated that they could come in and they didn't have to wait for hours. That's oh. such a huge frustration. Yeah, because I don't
2: like that. I don't like when I go to the doctor or the dentist and I'm waiting for hours. Everybody's time is is valuable but you know, life happens. Sometimes someone yeah. comes in and they sign up for one thing, but you actually want to do three. So yeah. I try to have my assistant stay on top of that. And if we think I'm going to run over and the next patient may wind up waiting, we send them a text message or give them a call and say, Dr. Madera will be running late. Would you like to come in at this time? Or would you you know, like to reschedule for a later date? We value your time. So right. we try.
0: wonderful. wonderful. This is something that we could talk about all day. Yes, I know. What (laughs) are some of of your favorite beauty products right now?
2: Ooh. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. If you see, I mean, I know you you both are fashion people and accessories people, so I'm sure your closets are beyond uber fabulous. (laughs) Um, I have a pretty nice fashion closet, I must admit, but my beauty cabinets? what? Yeah, oh my God, they're epic. <laughs> well, part of it is because I'm definitely like a beauty addict, um, and it's mostly skincare because I don't, on a daily basis, I don't wear any makeup, and um, and when I do, someone else does it for me. So <laughs> I don't, um, I don't really have much makeup. I just have the basics: mascara and pretty much nude lip lip gloss but it's also because i feel that it is imperative for me to be as familiar as possible with a wide range of products right. so that when my patients ask me to comment on them that i can speak with not only professional wisdom but also with you know some degree of modest personal experience right so i do have a lot of stuff that or throw it out and then I move on to the next so one of the ways that I experiment with things and talk about them is I have a segment on my forever fab podcast called 15 minutes of fab and in each 15 minutes of fab segment I'll just choose one product that I've tried for a few weeks and I'll talk about them
0: that's great. I'll yeah. talk
2: about my experience with them. I'll talk about the texture. I get really granular and nerdy, right? I talk about the ingredients and what the ingredients mean, whether or not I think they're clean, what the company is about, if there is any history of the company. So I, I go I go into that's it. So,
1: that's so helpful.
2: So right now I'm trying, um, I'm working with or trying, let's see, Dr. Barbara Sturm's Glow Drops. That's one that i just um, trying. I'm also trying, I think it's called C-O-S-I-O. Yes, C-O Beauty. Yes, C-O Beauty. Yes. I just got those, so I don't have I don't have an opinion yet. Okay. So C-O Beauty. And then there is one more. Oh, darn. I got it on Violet Gray. And I'm afraid I just can't remember right now. But she – and obviously, there's so many beauty products out there. It becomes – harrowingly blinding almost, but I did make a commitment to um, feature more products by women of color and people of color. So this woman, yeah, I just uh, got her product on and they're also patches. They're under eye patches. And I think there might be lip patches and I'm really, it's tragic that I forgot her name, but anyway, I just recently bought her stuff. And so I will be reviewing her products on 15 minutes of fan
0: soon. That's great. Mom has tried those glow drops. Yeah, what'd you think, Mumsy? I thought they were good. You know, the, the price point is pretty high for uh,
1: for a lot of you know women.
2: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. frankly, the you know, I'll, I'll give a little bit away of my uh, yeah. <laughs> of my review, but I think
1: um, the product is steep for what you actually get. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. And, and that's the thing, too, I mean, we, when we meet with beauty brands, a lot of times I, you know, or I explain to Delia that when you get to be my age, there aren't that many products that can do that much, you right. know, rather than, I guess, retinol, vitamin C are the things that you would recommend. But um, So it's it's harder for me to recommend beauty products than younger women because I don't want to Right. Tell someone my age to spend five hundred dollars on August 8th right. if no, it's the you know, if it's not going to change change their lives. So, oh God.
0: God. have you heard of you know Beauty Stat? Right? Yes. Okay. Good. Good. Good.
2: Yeah. Oh, the other product. That's what, now I remember it. I couldn't remember her name because the the product was her name, but in initials, KNC, oh. KNC Beauty patches. Yeah. So that was the other um, the other product that I'm trying now. So yeah. So I I do love beauty products. I love I'm also realistic. I know that no product can deliver, you know, dermatological or surgical results. We right. all understand that. That's that's basic. But you know, there's something emotional and and very lovingly self-care about buying products and you know, slathering them on your face and doing using your beauty devices or your fingers. It, it's self-love, it's an act yeah. of self-love. So I'm all about that. So I do, I do love my products. <laughs> oh, do Same. So do we.
1: Yeah. Yes. All
2: right.
1: all right. Now that I've brought up and when you when you were talking about beauty the um another word for it it's hard for me to find another word for aging or yeah yes 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 but but, um what kind of lifestyle should people live in order to lessen the effects or is there anything they can do
2: absolutely absolutely um i touched upon it briefly earlier when i talked about the you know dimensions of wellness so if there is a way that i mean and there are many ways but to to live as complete and fulfilling a life as possible, given those dimensions, you know, of wellness, just think about all aspects of your life and try them have tried to do what you can do to make them as healthful, purposeful and joyful as possible. Then I think you're well on your way. The things that I can help people with are, I like to call, you know, a little pixie dust or the finishing touches, right? Yes. So, if you came to me and said, you know what, I feel I'm I'm pretty fabulous as I am, but there's just a few little tweaks I'd like to discuss with you, then that would be a very different conversation from, oh my God, I, I really don't feel great about myself. And right. I'm so sad and depressed. I just don't feel, you know, worthy. And, and I don't have, you know, a guy or a gal or a significant other, but but I think right. kind of doing this to my face or my lips would help me find one. Nah, not so Got much. It. Got it. So to do, you know what it is that I can do for people from a place of strength and and already right. self love and self approval
1: is pretty powerful. Right. I mean, it's fabulous. That, that and a little sunscreen, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> little sunscreen, little moisturizer. Right.
2: And I can go on and on. Little Botox, little filler, little this. Okay.
1: <laughs> Right.
2: <laughs> I mean, I am a plastic surgeon by training, you know, <laughs> I do love it.
0: <laughs> you are a great person to answer this question in today's crazy world that is often filled with anger and uncertainty. Oh my what God. What helps you stay positive?
2: Woo. Let me tell you the first three weeks of uh, coronavirus and civil civil global unrest right i was in a fugue state i didn't know what to do i didn't know i knew how i felt i didn't know how to express it right. um i'm not sure i did a podcast those first few weeks right um it was very difficult for me because so the you know the isms and the negative experiences that I worked so hard to heal from, I realized that perhaps I suppressed them and really wow. didn't allow them to be fully expressed. And now that my friends and family and um, fellow humans um, around the world were expressing it for me out loud, it, I, I, I felt tremendous release. Um, I was involved in protests. I I, I posted um, and not just the black screen. I mean, I, I expressed and um, I was in solidarity as I have always been, but never perhaps really stated it or shouted right. it out loud. So those first few weeks I was sort of in the state of inertia. Right. And then when I finally sort of snapped out of it, I was like, surely you're not doing anyone any good by just being like this. So, keep it moving, figure it out and determine how you will move forward. And in general, the way that I dealt with the uncertainty and uh, stayed hopeful, if not always positive, because there were days I was not positive. There were days I was very sad, very sad by what I saw in the news and and how I saw that people were being treated and have always been treated, but that it hasn't gotten better. So there were days I was very sad, but I stayed hopeful and dealt with the uncertainty with in general just general things love Mm -hmm. gratitude keeping things in perspective and breath just breathing more specifically i dealt with it the uncertainty and the angst and the sadness with meditation exercise that was very important for me to move every day if not an actual exercise class then going for long walks um, good nutrition because it was very easy for me to have you know a sure. slice of pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Several times a week, which I did. Right. Um, <laughs> so good nutrition. I had to get back to that. Speak reconnecting with friends because I, you know, with having to socially distance and self-quarantine, etc., I extended it beyond those two weeks, and and for more than two weeks, I did I did really did not speak with my friends and connect with them. So I reconnected with my friends. I had always spoken uh, almost daily with my family. So I just kept that up and um, I decided to keep learning Mm. and to keep learning about um, myself, keep learning about other people, keep learning about things that I normally perhaps didn't have much interest in. But now with time, I thought, you know what? I I can learn how to do social media. (laughs) And I also dealt with the uncertainty with the certainty of knowing that things will definitely change Yes, and get better.
1: And maybe in that very beginning two weeks, you were having to assimilate, you know, these things that you had repressed, just kind of like stop and it made you, uh, you know, even aware and then to have to sort of internalize, I mean, relive. whatever, relive yeah. the things and, figure out that, you know, you would just sort of block them, you know, or they would have paralyzed you. So and also maybe thinking about, well, actually look what I did. Yeah. You know, look what I did as a black woman. Um yeah. you know, and and then that would give you strength to go on and think about how you could help others. And we've been in the situation where we're, you know, we didn't want to be those people that were posting all these lovely sayings but doing nothing, you know what I'm saying? So we've been, you know, really actively learning and watching and reading and reaching out. And, you know, we had planned to do this with you, you know, so long before. I know, I know scheduling, uh, right. We didn't even think about talking about it just because, you know, you were on here because you're a person and we're people, but, you know, I think we have to, we need to address it and, and talk about it like that. And, um, so I'm happy that we have the opportunity to say a little bit about it.
2: And I thank you for giving me that opportunity. Thank oh. you for the platform. I do appreciate it.
1: All right. So when I'm working with, you know, clients that are my age, I, I, like you I have clients all over, you know, ages, all ages, but with people around my age in their 50s and certainly going into their 60s and 70s, they they talk about their, like their lower tummy. It's not that they've gained weight, but they have this extra Again, so is does exercise help that, or is that what you were talking about when you said tummy tuck?
2: Yeah, that's what I was talking about when I said tummy tuck. <laughs> um, you know, there when I'm examining a prospective patient for surgery for that particular area and that concern, mm-hmm. there are different types of. Um, I don't want to say conditions, but there are different types of appearances of the lower abdomen or lower belly that lend themselves to different treatments. So depending on the amount of fat and or skin laxity, meaning how much sort of stretchy skin there is, the options could be just simple liposuction or combination of liposuction and a mini tummy tuck or just a mini tummy tuck or a full-on tummy tuck or a combination of liposuction and a full tummy tuck so there are many ways to be able to manage something it depends on what the area and the person look like but in general if there is skin like excess skin laxity meaning there isn't much fat there but if the skin just seems to hang and doesn't have much elastic recoil you can stretch it and it stays stretched yes, then that for the most part typically involves an excisional procedure such as a tummy tuck. I've
1: never heard of a mini tummy tuck.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is when the incision is not as long because when when I perform a tummy tuck, when plastic surgeons perform a tummy tuck, even though the incision is only on the bottom, we actually wind up working um, all the way to the ribs the bottom of the ribs so all of that area is what we call undermined or mobilized so we can bring a lot of that tissue down to remove it to create that flat or concave look whereas in a mini tummy tuck we do not go that high Uh that's
0: fascinating (laughs) (laughs) all day (laughs) yeah it, it really can be it
2: really can be
0: so, where can people find you? How can they become a client or set up a consultation? And please, you must talk about your coming to people's houses. <laughs> yes, beauty RX.
2: <laughs> uh, fun, right? Very fun. Um, serious, but fun. Right. So there, I can be found so many places. And right. I, and this was something else that um, I changed from pre coronavirus times. So I figured, oh, well, you know. If you really want to find me, you'll find me, <laughs> but now I'm really right. all over the place. So my website is elementsandgraces.com. The, right. the older website is the But even if you went to that, it will just direct you. Um, well, if you went to the elementsandgraces.com, elements it, it will direct you to the newest, theme, but it's elementsandgraces.com is the website. I do have a podcast called the forever fab podcast, and I am also on social media as the same name. Forever Fab MD, I believe. Mm -hmm. That's my social media handle. And in terms of straight up traditional how to find me, you can call my office. I'm in Soho. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can email me. You can send me a letter. You could write me, you know, a note. (laughs) Mail it to me. All forms of communication, traditional, old, and new, are still in effect. But probably the fastest, easiest way would be to go to elementsandgraces.com. And hit the contact button and then shoot me a quick little note. The other way is I guess people can DM me, right? Direct message me on the podcast. I do check that oh, just about every day. And then in the past, I used to perform house calls and I used to go to patients and meet them at their homes or hotels, etc., and do what I do. In the past few years, because I had become so busy at the office, I hadn't been performing house calls, not because I stopped the service, but because most people were coming to my office. I had an occasional person who came from overseas who just said, oh, meet me at the hotel, et cetera. Um, But now, given the new paradigm, I have relaunched my house call service. And it's called, yes, it's called Jet Set Beauty RX.
0: Oh, fabulous. And you'll even go to
2: the Hamptons. And I have in the past very often gone to the Hamptons. And yes, I will do that again. (laughs) 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 It's very convenient. Listen, it's expensive. I mean, people have to know that, right? Because it's time, it's distance, it's travel, it's all Mm -hmm. that stuff. It's expertise, it's supplies, it's everything. Um, So it is expensive. um, But it's worth it.
1: All right.
2: As all this stuff is, right? All of it is expensive.
0: It is. It shouldn't be cheap. Right. You get what you pay for. My goodness. You certainly do. Yeah,
2: this stuff shouldn't be cheap. I mean, I know some people consider it beauty or, you know, cosmetics. But listen, these are medications going into your body. It should not be cheap, period.
0: That's right, and important. you're paying be- for someone who has been educated at Brown and Dartmouth and <laughs> <laughs> Or
2: Princeton and Harvard or University of, you know, Halifax or, you know, New Jersey, wherever, but yes, you're paying for someone's uh, training and passion and expertise and love.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast and sharing your incredible wisdom. And thank you for opening up about your experience, your life experience, and your thoughts during Black Lives Matter. And please know that we are always here to support you and or list anything that we can do to become, continue to be allies for you. And we have your back. Absolutely. Thank
2: you so very much. I am grateful for your your generosity, your thoughtness, and I'm very much appreciative of your having me on your
0: show. Oh, my goodness. Well, Everyone is going to love this episode.
2: <laughs> and we will post it on the Forever Fab podcast also. We'll um, we'll break it up into two parts, and tomorrow will be part one. Oh. So you'll have you'll have reciprocity, and it will just reverberate around the world.
0: Absolutely. Yay. We need that. Changing <laughs> yes. Up. Exactly. Well, thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Medeir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.